My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking to the cast of The Marvelous Miss Maisel for its fifth and final season. This season, Midge finds herself closer than ever to the success she's dreamed of, only to discover that closer than ever is still so very far away. So to start us off, here's Reed Scott and Jason Ralph. I want to congratulate you on Gordon and everything that you did with him. So I want to start with you really quickly. What was that like seeing the arc of kind of Gordon learning a little more about his background and and then ultimately kind of how he slowly shifts and changes a little bit of his mentality, especially towards women, given the time period over the course of the season. Anytime you get to play a character that has a real journey to go on, that's the kind of character that I'm always attracted to. And Amy and Dan, they do that with every single character in the show. Everyone is is so fleshed out and grounded and, you know, comedic in all the right ways, but very real. And it was so fun to play a character who's not just one dimensional. The more you get to know him, you realize that, of, of course, like any human being, there's there's layers to him. But he was such a fun guy to explore episode to episode. And there was always, you know, it's such a wonderful surprise. You get the script the day before the table read. And you that was the day that you got to learn a little bit more about the guy that you're playing. And then to get to go to work with this, you know, phenomenal crew and cast and really get to explore that space. It was, it keeps you on your toes for sure. But it was also, it was so much fun. You did such a good job because you totally disappeared. Like, I forgot it was you like halfway through so (laughs) i mean you did such a great job thank you i felt the same way when he was when he came (laughs) out that first time did you as gordon ford like doing the gordon ford show i was just like we're just watching a late night show like this is just incredible like he's a natural (laughs) thank you we gotta get him a late night show (laughs) let's put that out there we'll have to tag the shows i'm gonna social media this (laughs) we'll do three episodes a season yeah yeah Jason, oh my gosh, Mike, I love him so much. He's so cute and just so stressed. And like, just I just feel so, like my heart just goes to him so much. I love every scene that you have with Alex, you and Susie. I'm like, well, I should say, Mike and Susie are so funny together and cute. So what was it like for you playing? Because I think, you know, behind the scenes, that happens in real life a lot. Where like, you know, you have a talent that's running a show and they're not necessarily listening and making the right decisions. And a lot of the stress falls on the producer or someone that's running around or the booker or you know whatever the case is and then everyone's coming to you for everything and wanting stuff from you so poor Mike so how did you do it how did you survive the season and how does Mike kind of get through all of the things that people are kind of asking him for I mean honestly it was just so fun to get to play someone just like so tightly wound and like you know he's so like striving you know to get to you know the place that he wants to be you know he's just like this hyper ambitious guy and because of that you know I think he's like taking all on the more responsibilities than he should be, you know, I think to kind of, you know, he's maybe creating the hill that he's like, you know, going to climb. So I think he like enjoys that part of the job and getting to be good at it. And he knows he's good at it. He knows he's the best at it. And like how infuriating it is for someone to be where he wants to be and just to be so like awful at their job, you know, knowing that he can be better. And it's like, I don't know, it was just like so fun to get to play someone like that. And then kind of like the journey of the piece, I think Amy and Dan 
Ryan did such like a wonderful job creating kind of the arc of this guy where we got get to kind of see him evolve and you know like what happens to a person when they're striving so hard to get somewhere and they finally kind of arrive and you know I think for Mike it's like a little bit of like a dog chasing a car you know like like he gets there and I think he doesn't know exactly what to do with it and then we get this little glimpse of like the future you know we kind of see how he sort of like settles into that power and and how he and Susie's dynamic you know shifts and changes over time and you know I kind of like in some ways they're they're like mirrors to each other and they have so much in common and I think so much respect for each other which is probably why they hate each other so much because I think there's a lot of self-loathing you know (laughs) (laughs) that hill to get to that second floor is what he tries to build himself to right exactly I want to ask both of you so that last episode I feel like both your characters have monumental moments of change and it's like the first time that Gordon kind of like sits down and finds a woman funny and it's okay to have a woman on his show and then has a whole scene there and then with Mike you know I love by the way there's one scene before that where every single decision that you know you kind of disagree with I love when you whisper in the back you're like I'll do it I'll do it and I love that scene by the way I just had to throw that in there but that's the same <laughs> thing for him where they're four minutes short and he's yelling and he's going give it to her like let her do her thing and he's being supportive too so both of them in that moment make a legend a legend mm-hmm. happens in that moment so what was that like for the two of you filming that scene because you guys kind of like spark what we see kind of everything beforehand sparks because of that moment. Well, I think they're like old boys club a little yeah. bit, you know, and and I think so much of that is like people earning their stripes, you know, and and I think they're particularly hard on women, you know, like and, and especially Midge. And it was like very cool to, you know, Amy and Dan like wrote this kind of like really like lovely journey where I think they both innately recognize that she's worthy of this you know and you know choose to give her the leap you know to like give her the benefit of the doubt kind of I thought that was just like really kind of cool and and unique and unlike a lot of like actual like men of that era they definitely I think surpass like pretty far like how a lot of men behaved in that era yeah I think you know Gordon his fascination with Midge because that's really kind of what it is she's a nut that he can't quite crack you know first romantically and then i think he's just fascinated with how her mind works and how she's she's a a true you know she's a chess player like he is and she's a she's a true adversary not that they're ever really adversarial but i think you know this is someone that he can really fence with and despite all that they go through over the course of the season in that final moment when she takes the stage she takes the mic and she delivers this incredible set despite everything they've been through that's the first time that he actually sees her because that's really who she is that's who she's meant to be she's that artist she's that comic he knows she's funny but when she sees that she's a true master in the making, that she can work a crowd. She's got this material. She can hold them in the palm of their, her hand. I think all of a sudden it's like, damn, that's maybe what he always wanted to have. And so he, the fact that he flips from, I'm going to bury you on live television to I'm going to vault you out into the stratosphere all because of her, not because of him or anything that he's done. It's like, like you did this, you did this. That's a really fun moment to play. It's a big scene, but it's also emotional because it's the last day, you know, we mm-hmm. shot 
shot that on the last day, which was the only way to shoot that thing. And because you could feel all the emotion bubbling up and it was that emotion really helped fuel that day. It's special to be part of something on the, you know, the last shot of the last day of an iconic series. It was, it was really, it was incredible. I'm also curious too. So I wanted to know from both of you kind of what you're hoping fans take away from the season or what are some of your fun, like, you know, memories are because it's obviously the last season. And then also where do you see your characters? Cause we don't really get to see too much of like the future of both of them. Where would you see them like down the line? I think Gordon probably dies of a massive coronary <laughs> from <laughs> drinking and eating too much, like, you know, well marbled steak. <laughs> You know, probably like 10 years after that last shot, which is why you don't see him in the future. Because he's dead. Because um, he's dead. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I hope the fans, you know, get out of this last season what they've gotten out of every other season, which is, you know, to spend time with these incredible characters and, you know, and, and Amy and Dan's incredible words, how they've really been you know, crafting something so unique onto television, it's going to be a very satisfying goodbye, I think. I know for me, like, I, I couldn't choose just one memory that I'm taking with me because it's so much greater than the sum of its parts, but I know the caliber of talent that existed on this show from the top down in every single department, every single day, is something that is is never... You can't capture that kind of lightning in a bottle. This is something that comes along, you know, once in a lifetime. So I'm very, very very, you know, thrilled to have been a part of it. Jason's like, for me, not really. <laughs> <laughs> the journey continues. You know, I, you, I thought it was fine, you know, like, I, look, everyone's, sure, great, nice, very nice. No. Well, I think Mike's, like, definitely a cockroach kind of human being. Like, I think he'll live forever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We see kind of the glimpses. Cockroach, a nice cockroach. So that makes him sound like you're a bad person. I think he's, Mike's, yeah, a nice Oh, I never thought of cockroaches as being bad. Unkillable. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just they're just unkillable. I think I think of the cockroaches in the old raid commercials, you know, that are they're sort of like they're just like dudes doing their thing, you know, they're just like living their lives, like you know, got a family. Yeah, regular guys. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, he's just like a regular guy cockroach. Show is so special in so many ways, and I think Reed said it best. I mean, we just get to work with the best artists in the business, and to be surrounded by people doing their best makes you do your best it's intoxicating and infectious and that's what i'll miss the most certainly what was the best or like funnest scene that you two had together i know you guys hate each other but if you can come up with something i don't think they hate each other i i think they have this you know they're both ballers you know what i mean they they expect a lot from each other and i think as the season progresses like i said you know mike really becomes a confidant and he refers to him at one point like you know he, he assumes this new mantle this new position he's like like you ready partner the, a lot of this is falling on you Are you ready to run he looks to mike it's like you're the guy that's going to make it happen like i i know that i can just tell you you know i need this and you're going to make it happen so i think there's a lot of respect there i i think gordon looks at to mike as someone sort of like you are going to step up and be you know my lieutenant on this thing god there were so many you know fun scenes together i think the real dressing down scene though that was you know I don't want to spoil too much, but there's there's a moment where Mike's feeling himself in his new position of power and, and, and Gordon sort of like, you know, has a lot of fun needling him in front of the entire office space. The balcony. The balcony. Yeah, the balcony yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. that oh, was a lot of fun. God, that was just like so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I like to describe that like moment as like just sort of like he like wanted power so much and he finally gets it. And then he's like up on his throne 
own and then just like it's just like totally undercut and like the rug pulled out from under him and he's just like a like like the dog chasing in the car and like just doesn't know now what to do with the power you know uh, it was like really fun and then and you know the final episode has like so many great scenes of like i think of what we're talking about like where this where the power dynamic begins to shift a little mm-hmm. bit and where they become kind of like on equal playing ground you know that coming down after that one and it's like trying yeah. to get you to get midge on the show and then the four minutes four minutes yeah. you know it's like oh it's just like so fun there's like so many great moments yeah if you can describe the show overall or your experience in one word what would it be i mean iconic comes to mind <laughs> yeah iconic that's a great word <laughs> I guess like um, artistry. I like both of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not okay. great. Uh, wait. Okay. Marvelous. Okay. It's marvelous. Is that what you want to hear? Fine. Marvelous. We'll take that. Up next is Kevin Pollock and Caroline Aaron. I wanted to get into just, first of all, I love your characters. I think your characters bring some of the funniest laughs on the show. I mean, Moish, you remind me so much of like my family members. Caroline, you do too. It brings me to home when I watch it. I get emotional. The last season was a mix between crying and laughing. The last episode, I was doing both at the same time. So I wanted to talk to you guys in particular for you as a married couple on the show. You go through a little bit of an up and down in the final season. So I to know how is that for you guys playing because it was the first time you were really off sync since really the show started and then how did it feel to kind of find your way back to each other i love this story is that kevin had started watching the season before i did and his sweetheart was just in the middle of the first episode when we were fighting and she went no no they're not going to split up are they and it was so great that she was rooting for us and i think the way it felt was i was more than prepared for us to split up you know we didn't know what was going to happen to this couple any more than the audience will as they watch it because they would give us the scripts as they came up and so I think I did go up to Dan at one point and say when we were fighting and I said is this it in the very first episode he went no you will be fine ultimately you know this is not lethal we were concerned I remember yeah we it's not lethal talking to each other saying what's happening why are they doing this to us right exactly is this lethal but they're genius at truth and conflict it's but driving the story of you know Miriam Mazel, who I have to call Midge. I can't even say Miriam. It feels so weird. You know, they drive her in everyone's character story. Further. When we came in, I think, I don't remember which episode it was, but when we lose that child, that grandchild together. Well, that's it. I'm taking back the covers on your side right. of the bed where we sense you hadn't slept in a little while. Right. And is I that the shared thing? And you yeah. get the booties and you come in. Is that yeah. the shared nice. experience is who else am I going to share that with? Yeah. And that sort of begins the lesson, I think, certainly for my character, which is you can't throw away the best thing that ever happened to you. Well, we were very concerned and then very happy. And by the way, that scene that you're talking about, about the bedspread, I was crying when she came in. And then I went, yes. that's what a marriage is. Because that's exactly right. So- are so ready to like just throw it away and in that scene it was like uh, the only person I want to talk to and I felt like for your character Caroline was your husband who else am I going to share that and there were no lines I mean that's the other thing in a show that is so verbal to have such an important moment in a relationship and in a storyline be non-verbal is also pretty extraordinary and it told everything they literally wrote the stage directions of Moish pulls back the covers Shirley crawls in 
Yeah. And that's all you needed to know. Yeah, our characters throughout the course of the show were rarely allowed to take a moment. That's right. We're yakkers. <laughs> we're firecrackers yeah. from beginning to end. And that's a good point. That scene is very sweet and poignant and very moving. I think it's the end of that episode. Yeah, I think so. It's that it, and it's sort of, you know, we'd get scripts, they would inform us about where we were going and what we needed to learn in order to move on to the next part of the story. So But I'm very happy to hear that you and your husband are relating to these too old <laughs> not old you guys are too good looking to be old but yeah, yeah we're cool very, old, yeah i'll go with yeah cool older i like that no, it was very emotional and then what i really love too is i love the crazy and the chaos that you guys bring to the show i mean it wouldn't i mean you remind me of my family so like it's just very exciting to watch <laughs> and i get so much enjoyment from it but i want to go to the last episode in particular i love the fact that everybody shows up for mitch who's going to be on the gordon you know the late night with gordon or gordon show or whatever and you're all there in chaos but like supporting her and i just thought it was so beautiful because it was two families that just never gave up on the other amy and dan definitely made a point throughout the course of the series yeah. that these two families the in-laws yeah. aspects would have their struggles of course Abe and Moish this Shirley and Rose had their moments of trouble but they always loved their kids so much and one parents to the other child not even their own mm -hmm. that family unit was never going to break up I know and it's so surprising I mean as an actor where you're looking at it and you're going will I be included you know in the story and you go well our children aren't married to each other anymore how much can we belong to this story yeah we could have been written out yeah, by the end been... of season one yeah Exactly. And the fact that they wanted to keep this family together is sort of remarkable. And a, kind of a lesson for people who don't do this in their own life is that, you know, we took all the best parts of the ways in which these two families have things in common, relate, enjoy each other. And we didn't discard them just because the kids weren't married anymore. And they didn't discard, yeah. the kids didn't discard each other. Right? right. That's right. And it's very Jewish, by the way. <laughs> so I, I loved all of it. So sure. Well. That was the original title of the show. Very Jewish. Very Jewish. <laughs> or thought, you know, maybe we're... Maybe we should change it. So the last episode, obviously, is extremely emotional. I know that was the last week you guys were filming and all of that. But I wanted to ask you, overall, looking back, I mean, five seasons, I should say. I think it's been seven years. I mean, when you look back on it, this is an iconic, legendary show. It ended so. with me crying and laughing at the same time. And with me going, oh, my God, that was perfect. And then I literally went to one of my friends. I said, I can't tell you anything. But I said, once in a blue moon, a show hits it. And in my career of 25 plus years of doing this, I've said that twice. And this show just ended and I was like, perfect. So I want to ask That's you- That's a hard thing to do too. It's an impossible thing. It's impossible. Thing. Yeah. The audience has their own expectations about how they want something to end. And as Caroline said earlier today, it's not ending. Shows ending. These stories, in many cases- are just beginning. And certainly in the case of Midge, by the end of the telling of the five seasons, is just beginning this extraordinary chapter of success and career, right? And, you and just so, saw her yeah. for the struggle. Well, except for that, one of the things that I think is so amazing about this season and so truthful is that you see two women who have struggled, you meet them when they're, you know, really at the entrance to these careers. You watch them struggle. You see by the fifth season that they have succeeded and they end up alone. 
and I think that's one of the things I really love is that the truth is you can't have it all. And there is a cost to ambition. It is worth the price to both of these women for that particular kind of satisfaction. But to see Midge, you know, sort of um, being the most successful comedian in the world with, you know, home and hearth and grandchildren bouncing on her knee and a new relationship, it would have been, you know, that neat sort of television and they all lived happily ever after. But when life is complicated and these characters were always complicated and along the way, there's always been the question is, is she a good enough mother and should she be a mother and also travel as a stand-up. All these things are very, very real and they have served them up in a really hilarious way. But that's what I really loved about the ending is that we get the this the joy of watching that struggle come to this fruition. And then through time we go and it costs you. It's not for free. Here's Marin Hinkle and Tony Shalhoub. Well, I wanted to ask you guys, would it jump right in? I think everyone, even in the beginning, fell in love. I mean, how could you not with the Wiseman family and with, you know, Ava and Rose. You guys are just so cute together and you've grown together too over the years. I want to ask you, how is that process like seeing Abe and Rose who went through a lot from losing jobs to Paris to all sorts of things to kind of come back together and be in such a great place in the final season? I really feel that Abe and Rose's relationship, their marriage, ever since the dissolution of Midge's marriage, everything that put in motion, that Abe and Rose's marriage has really probably grown more in just in these few years of our our story, more than the first 25 years of their marriage. Because they, like many married couples, they probably just got into a a state of, you know, sort of plateau and a kind of a state of complacency and habit. And all of this upheaval, even though it was disruptive and challenging, it in a lot of ways, it brought them back to their individual selves, which then eventually came around to almost like a new marriage for both of them. And deeper. deeper. Yeah. Deeper and more profound, more ultimately more loving. So in a way, all of the bad things that started in the pilot actually brought them closer somehow. I completely agree. I hadn't thought of that. And I concur that if we had met them and their daughter had not had this dissolve of her marriage, we might have seen over the course of time that they had a sameness. And, in, yeah, it, and instead, sort of it like just like stasis. In right. A way. It yeah. sort of like shattered something in their beliefs and what they thought were. They had to be. really re- reassess and reestablish their bond or let it go. And they chose not to Mm -hmm. let it go. Mm -hmm. So it has not been a cakewalk. It ultimately sort of paid off. Well, you both are comedic geniuses because I'm hysterical when I watch the scenes of the two of you. So I just have to state that right off bat. So congratulations on that just alone because I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to be funny. I know how hard it is to hit those notes. You guys make it look so easy. But I want to bring one specific thing that got me super emotional. Throughout the entire show, while the family and the wises might not necessarily be in love with the the comedy and there's so many jokes in that and what she's really doing and kind of what's happening in the finale was the first time where when she's going to be on the Gordon Ford show that you see support Mm -hmm. which was immense when you guys are running through trying to get a taxi I mean I was hysterically laughing but when you finally get there I started crying because I just went oh my god they're so proud of her so what did it feel like for you guys to play that scene I know that that was kind of the last week of filming so like it was very emotional for everybody but in that moment it was like she was accepted by both of you respected by both of you and something changed 
changed Mm -hmm. and it was just so beautiful. How was that scene for you guys in that change? Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, basically it really had to do with Marin's and my admiration for Rachel. In other words, we've, as characters, we've been somewhat, you know, skeptical and critical and not totally on board with her life choices, her career choices, everything. And yet that was a weird dynamic because right from the get-go, from the pilot, we were so enamored of Rachel and her her skill. And so in the finale, we were allowed to kind of release. Yes. and show this admiration and pride. It's been there the whole way as as as, as, as humans, yes, and not but we, as, but as we've characters. Yeah, but we've right? had to keep a lid on it yeah. because of our characters. So in a sense, it really, really was um, kind of freeing and liberating to just lay back and enjoy her genius. Because people have been mad. At, you know, people get like caught up as if I'm making the choice of my character. They're like, what's wrong with you? You've got to support her. And I'm like, wait, I support Rachel Brosnahan, let me tell you. But you're right. And so in that day, I really did have the floodgate open of like, and not only does Marin, but now Rose gets to support her, you know, and forevermore may she go. And she's probably such a stage mom that like, you can just imagine she'd be at every single performance and like rewatch all the episodes if she's going to do television series and all that, you know, it's just she's such a a fan of her daughter at this point, I think. And it's just thrilling as they're running, you know, through the the taxis and going, I think Rose is just going to let all hell, you know, loose. And she's just literally going to be like, I don't care if my clothes fall off. I'll be there naked. I'll go see her. Get there. No, through hell or high water, right? And I think it's in terms of the writing. I haven't had this conversation with Amy and Dan, but I really think part of what is kind of woven into this final scene is it's a wish fulfillment of us as, you know, as, because we have parents and we've been in this business. You know, it's that you want your parents to be proud and you want your parents to be admiring your success or, you know, proud of your success. So I think that's kind of stitched into it too. So we got to play that out. Up next is Michael Zagan. So for this season, I just love Joel. I just love everything about Joel. And I feel like he struggles so much with so many things. You know, this season in particular starts off a little rocky and then kind of comes together for him. I wanted to know for you, how was it working or like, you know, making it make sense in your brain that Joel was always going to be supportive, like once he got on board, was always going to be supportive of Midge and be there to the end to someone that would go out of his way and end up in prison to protect the woman that he loves. I mean, like, it was just so beautiful. And I got, like, emotional during those scenes when we got to see you older. Yeah, I mean, that you know, that completely came out of left field. I had no inclination that Joel was going to end up in prison. I knew we were doing flash forwards and I was very curious to hear, like, you know, what was going to happen to Joel. I assumed he'd be dead. He did smoke a lot of cigarettes everyone keeps saying this about their own characters they're like oh. i just that would be dead i'm like what is that right yeah i haven't talked about this it. with anybody else but yeah i kind of did i was shocked you know to find out that he was in prison but when i found out why he was in prison it was wonderful i i kind of i dug that it's just that's joel he's always looking out for midge and always protecting her and and the kids and so you know it was it was a very uh redeemable uh moment for him by the way they aged you you still looked very good looking so right? if you oh my I gosh know. <laughs> yes, you looked very good looking. So I was like, man, he aged well. <laughs> I hope. I had all my hair. And, and uh, so th- I was I was pleased about that. They originally were 
fitting me for bald caps and I was like, uh. so then they just decided to color it. I mean, it looked amazing. Mike Marino did the, um, the special effects makeup and he's like a legend. He also does uh, Colin Farrell, the Penguin character, you know, from the last Batman movie. So as well as many other things. So he did his homework. I mean, we, it was like body scans. It was the whole, they were going to at one point give me a, a body suit to wear too, but luckily they didn't do that. But I did have to go to New Jersey and get scanned and everything. Uh, it would have been cool, but you know, it also would have been very hot. It was deep in the summer and uh, it was hot as it was, so. It looks so good. And I was curious too, okay, so this is like a weird side thing that I picked up on, but towards the end of the show, when Midge is kind of walking through her huge apartment and she's kind of alone, right? And she stops at the piano and she moves a photo and fixes it. And it's a picture of the two of you, younger. So I was curious, did they ever consider possibly getting re married or being together or like when he comes out of prison being together or do you think that I want them together is basically what I'm saying they already got remarried and that didn't you know do you remember they went to Vegas or he went he visited her in Vegas they got remarried uh, look you're actually the second person to mention that as far as I know I don't think they got back together but you know I guess it's open for interpretation I never you know asked anybody what's the deal I just assumed so I'm sorry I can't answer that question just because I really don't know but in your fantasy world maybe you know that's that's okay that's fine if that's what you want I want to ask you too what was like one of the hardest things for you this season in terms of playing Joel and trying to wrap up his storyline I don't know if there was anything really hard it was you know make it sound like it was just more of the same but it wasn't it was always just so much fun it was always just like so joyous coming to set and working with these people that I love there's nothing that sticks out in my mind as you know something hard that I had to do you know obviously there were challenges from day one but I guess really the hardest thing was just putting on that old age makeup. I mean, you know, that was like four hours and we had to rehearse it and we did it a few times. We, we actually reshot it. You know, maybe that was hard, but you know, it wasn't really hard. That's not hard. It was really cool, to be honest. So nothing really sticks out. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And then for, I was talking to some of the other cast members and they said the last, some of the last shooting was that scene where she does the monologue and you're yeah. there for that portion. Was that like super emotional? And then how did you guys handle all of that? Because that was the last day of filming. It wasn't just the last day, it was the last week. That scene took a week to shoot. I think it was like a 20 page scene. And because there's all these little scenes that go along with the stand up and you know, it's all one one set piece really. And yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> I keep saying that I guess it was a little bittersweet just because, you know, we were all together and we were all reminiscing and, you know, talking about our experiences on this show. And when the, the camera was on me and I'm watching her, I was really, I really was going through all the emotions and, and, and thinking about all the, the good times we had doing this show and whether it was the first episode and the pilot getting to know everybody or, or the cat skills where we just had this two weeks of fun yeah I mean it was just the greatest experience and I am gonna be sorry to see it go but at least I know that you know we all put our heart and souls into this and did the best we could do and I think the work speaks for itself yeah in that scene when they show you I love when Joel makes a face like what's going on because she's on the bench and then it's something about your relationship with her it's something about Joel and Midge that just pushes each other to be better and she takes that leap and grabs that microphone and in that moment if you watch the show then backwards you realize that that moment was the moment that really made her famous so all the future stuff we see was due to her grabbing that mic and she does that after looking at you I never thought about that but that's good to know when I eventually watch it but you know the whole thing is because of Joel I mean you know him leaving her in the very first episode is really the inciting incident for everybody I mean 
mean, everybody kind of, you know, it's this domino effect where everybody sort of gives up their old life and becomes something new. And, you know, whether it's a profession or a new profession or what. So, yeah, I mean, he's the catalyst. I mean, Joel, you know, he wasn't too popular in, in, in that first season. But, I mean, people have to realize, like, he's the reason why she became who she became. Now that, like, you know, obviously the show is done. It's coming out to the world soon. It's kind of given out to everybody. What are you most looking forward to for people seeing? I mean, literally the last episode, I was crying and laughing at the same time, which was making a really weird sound. And Joel is so funny, too, by the way. Like, I love all this. And you're so good at being fast and doing those scripts because I know Amy's scripts are fast and full of stuff. You're so good at it. But I mean, I was laughing and crying. It ended and I just went, that was perfect. So what are you hoping people kind of get from it now that it's kind of out of your hands and it's going to be in the world soon? I hope they have the same reaction that you had. You know, I hope they say it's perfect. I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch it. We're doing more press. We're going to France and there's going to be a premiere there. So I want to watch the first episode on the big screen. They send me screeners, you know, on my computer. I don't want to watch it on my computer. I want to watch it the way it's supposed to be watched. So yeah, so I, I'm, I'm holding off. You know, I'm very excited to hear more opinions like yours. And I'm sure there are people who are going to feel the opposite too, obviously. I mean, everybody has an opinion. But I mean, I love the way it ended. And it also just doesn't feel like the end. I'm not saying we're going to come back and reboot it or anything like that. But perhaps, you know, I mean, that just seems to be what people are doing these days. So maybe 10 years from now, we'll we'll have Maisel set in the 70s or something like I would be the first to sign up for that. And finally, here's Lou Kirby. So I want to talk about Lenny Bruce, obviously, and your character. I love how you were able to kind of play him in your own way, but in a way that really represented him. And I know you did a lot of research and everyone has always told me you're like the expert, the go-to, the one for Lenny Bruce. So I wanted to know if there was anything that you wish that you could have done or maybe one of his skits or like one of his shows that you weren't able to do in the five seasons. I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of things that, you know, we never got to put on screen. There are some that are very specific to times when Lenny Bruce was arrested or there was some kind of controversy around around it. I mean, there's one in London that I would have liked to have explored. There's a performance that he did in Chicago that I just think is like, oh, it's just so incredible. I could tell you all about it, but it would take hours and you would be asleep. But there's one in Australia that is, anyways, they, they just, yeah, they go on and on. And then there's stuff from Lenny's own life that is just, you know, fascinating. If you've read his book or you've read his Honey Bruce's book, or if you've read any other books, <laughs> books in general, I, I you know, I encourage... <laughs> Yeah, but no. So, so yeah. So the answer, the long, stupid answer is yes. There's a lot. I have to say, I'm happy with with what we got to do. Yeah, and I'm really happy too because you know I know a lot of people talked about the fight that they had had last season between him and Mitch, and trying to say like, listen, you have to work for it and don't do necessarily what I'm doing, and you know this is how you're going to be a huge star and kind of move forward. And a lot of people stuck on that for this season for me. Obviously, the scenes where they show the two of you, and there's so much of him saying. There was one scene where you know you meet with Susie and you say something like give it to someone who's worth it mm -hmm. and that was such a Lenny Bruce thing where I think he always felt very self-deprecating I've done a lot of research on him I love him mm -hmm. so I feel like that's something that he would say to like that he wasn't worth it but to give it to someone else that would and would benefit from it and for you learning what they were going to show in the last episode and I was so glad that they didn't show him you know passing sure, yeah. and mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff what did that mean to you too those decisions how they were made I mean I always felt like from the outset of you know when I started get invi getting invited back to the show, I always felt like they were handling it 
so delicately and succinctly and that, that their concern was true and correct of like not overwhelming too much leniness into the show. Also not having to, you know, be burdened with the responsibility of doing a biopic and adhering to a chronology and also the confusion that would have come with playing a fiction and a historic archive you know, side by side. I felt like Amy and Dan made really specific and to my mind, conscientious and special decisions about what to do. So I kind of, yeah, I just have always just followed their lead with this. So how is that for you? Like now looking back that you're the character pretty much from the beginning that was there for her, that challenged her, that was willing to fight with her because you didn't have any emotional or, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you had all of that freedom. And then you're the one that kind of like pushes her even further and yep. then bows out for her to take that stage. Well, I'm happy people finally paid attention to me. <laughs> we always pay attention to you. You're so good oh, on the show. Good. No, that's nice. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out that way. I don't know, you know, there's certain there was never any design with this job we really kind of I just would follow it from episode to episode and when they would call me in the only thing I hoped for was that they would give me enough time to learn all the stuff I needed to learn before I had to show up on set you know at the beginning it felt like I just had to kind of take a leap of faith with the character and with you know Amy and Dan and I just followed that through right to the bitter end and yeah it's been lovely to do it that way and how are you with the comedy because I mean comedy is a whole other beast you're on a tv show you have to balance all of these things but your skits are freaking hilarious I mean obviously like Lenny's skits were hilarious mm -hmm. but I mean it's hard to do stand-up comedy as a normal person let alone an actor on a show and doing that so how is that for you and it, like in this last season there's a couple of hard times too with, with his sets mm -hmm, but I mm -hmm. overall over the past seven Seven years, which are five seasons, yeah. you did a ton of yeah. stand up. So, how is that for you as a challenge for an actor? I mean, really fun, you know, really fun. You know, Lenny Bruce had a, a fast brain, and the way it connected to his mouth was impressive. I don't feel like I have that access. And uh, so, I, I had to take many naps when I was sort of you know, learning his bits because I found it to be tiring, but it was really fun to do. And, you know, I got to do them in really exciting spaces. I mean, I got to perform in the Village Vanguard, obviously Carnegie Hall. Like we went to real places and it felt for brief but very special moments that it was really happening. I wanted to ask you, you know, if Lenny was around and he was watching the show and you got a chance to talk with him, which I know you would ask probably a million questions because I know you and, I, and I've heard so much research over the years, but is there one particular thing you would want to ask for you as an actor? Is there something that, that you would have want to be like, did you like this? Or is there something that I could have tweaked here? Or do you think you would have just made he might have just made a bit of it. I don't know. I don't know. I th I'd say, do you want to go get breakfast? <laughs> and then maybe, maybe, you know, then I would start. I don't know. I would kind of have to suss it out. You know, I, I hope we did okay. I think, you, I think you did more than okay. I think he'd be very happy with it. And I did notice his granddaughter in it. And I think got the stamp of approval overall. So you did such a fantastic job. But I wanted to know what was like one thing that it was the funnest thing that you got to do over the five seasons. And then what are you looking forward to now that it's going to be in the hands of fans mm -hmm. and it's no longer kind of yours it's like a new beast what are you hoping that they watch and like take away from it you know i hope people i mean what i'm taking away from it is all of it it's been a great gift it's been great to obviously to have this role to feel like this role is resonating to be in the presence of rachel has been kind of all the anchor that i needed in all of those scenes 
to work in, you know, the city I live in, you know, which is not always the case has been just a charm and to explore the city in the way that we did on the show has been felt very, very lucky. You know, I'm sure that this will, will vary. I know that, you know, what Lenny said to Midge at the end of last season, you know, really resonated with me in terms of, you know, what I oftentimes hope for with other, you know, people who need their to have, uh, you know, their bell rung. In terms of what people take away from the show, you know, explore the idea of what it is to dream mm. and to defer or not to defer. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to the cast talk about what it was like filming its fifth and final season and break down all of the episodes, including the final few moments of the final episode. As a reminder, season five premiered back on Friday, April 14th with three episodes on Prime Video and a new episode aired weekly until the series finale on Friday, May 26th. Now that the finale has aired, we obviously have put out this podcast, so I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the cast reminisce and talk about the final season and break down like i said those last final few moments hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did and in order to end this podcast i will end with Susie's famous line tits up so hope you guys enjoyed don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our youtube channel hit subscribe so you're updated on all of our video content Aww.